Hey toy family, welcome to the Marsham Toy Hour where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm George Gaspar. I'm Teresa Hawkins. That felt weird, George. How'd you feel going first? I told you. <laughs> I forgot about that. I didn't even notice. You didn't? It felt weird. Felt weird to me too. Alright, we'll go back we'll go back to the good old regular way next week. I didn't even notice the switch. But you know what also I didn't notice? Last week, uh, last episode, Teresa, you were supposed to mention your beef that you had with Yummy Yum London. You were going to bring some mild sauce about that. But we didn't talk on it last week. Oh, yeah. So maybe we should do that today. I owe you $10, don't I? You do. I, I we, guess no one listens. <laughs> I did, well, for the listeners, so we made, a, we made a bet. He was like, oh, we totally forgot to loop back to that topic. I was like, oh, I'll bet someone comments about it. And Gary's like, no, I'll bet you 10 bucks. no one does. About 10 bucks, listeners? What yeah. you doing to me, Mike? <laughs> Just send me a blind box. Oh, gosh. Well, it, I mean, do we want to start there? Do we want to talk about that since you brought it up? I don't know. That's a strange one to start with. <laughs> okay, fine. Put a pencil in it. Or no, wait. Put a pen in it. Put a pen in it. And then we'll completely forget it at the end of this and we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, it'll be like, it'll end up being the last episode of the year. We'll be like, hey, you remember that Yum Yum London topic we never talked about? It's going to be like the season running joke that's going to get old too fast. Hey, oh, hey, I bought something today. Care to guess what I bought? You bought something. <laughs> I bought a toy today. Oh, what has released? There was, there was a drop today. No idea. You all remember that super plastic janky series one Kickstarter where we all fell in love with the Jason the Moment design. It was called Particle, but then it didn't end up being released in series one. Yeah. They well, are... That dropped as an eight inch super janky today and I picked it up. Nice. You know, I remember that whole petition. So that someone put up a petition on change.org or whatever and I signed it and what? I think they had enough signatures. So. Yeah, how they many, it to do life. you remember how many signatures that needed? 500. <laughs> okay, but the edition size is 444. Like, you think they would at least cover the amount of the petition, right? No, because you have to know that, like, only 10% of the people that even signed are going to buy one. That's true. So that means now you've signed, now you've got 100 sold or something like that. Like, okay. nothing. Okay. I have to say, I was surprised how long it took for the petition to fill. That's because who wants to fill out a petition for something that should be produced without the petitioning? I never even heard of it, just so you know. Uh, yeah, you, you've seen this. Hold on. Here. It what? was 500. Who started a change.org for a toy? That's so stupid. <laughs> no, it was a fan petition, and then Super Plastic was like, yeah, sure, if you can get X amount of signatures, we'll actually do it. And I swore it was 500, but now I'm second-guessing myself. I feel like it was at least 500. Anyway, I mean, hey, I didn't realize it wasn't for sale because I'm excited that it's actually being made. I feel like I should go back it. I wish it were smaller, though. Nah, hmm. I like, like it. That's an art piece. I like it that's a larger size. That's 508 true. people have signed. 511 have signed. Okay, that's what I thought. Right over 500. How much is it, Gary? Uh, it was $89. Man, Mr. Moneybag, I'm proud of you. Oh, please. People are signing right now. It's up to 523. It's jumping as I'm sitting <laughs> watching. How? You can buy it now. Stop signing. Oh, man. What well, game? I, I almost bought a, my first course toy, too. 
But I slept in a little bit, so I missed the sale. They were all sold out by the time I woke up. I guess I didn't want it enough. But that have you guys seen the collector by course? Nope. It's pretty cool. Uh is that what we talked about? Oh, I remember this one. We did talk about this one. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because he's got that little umbrella that floats behind him. The cloud, like the trapped cloud floating behind him? Yeah, yeah, we we definitely talked about this. Okay, I don't remember talking about, it, but yeah, I I love this piece. I pretty much was gonna buy it solely because of the of the floating cloud and how well that was done. Like it's just it's stunning. I love when course does these things where it almost seems like they're defying gravity. I mean, how they're pulling that off is it's amazing. That does look like pretty incredible. I mean, I don't even know how you make that work. Yeah, I don't know. It's just super impressive. Their their work is always just superior. I mean, to think that's just. 16-inch vinyl. That's amazing. It was a pretty good price, too. I think it was like two, $285 or something, and there were editions of around 300 pieces. I told you if you want to get on course, you got to be snappy. That's fine. I'm not a course head, so hopefully a course head got one in my place. I'd like I'm, to see I'm, it in person just to see that thing work. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm more excited about the fact that you're buying more. I really want to hear a story of you like smashing the F5 button for a release and like feeling the like. Never going to happen. You won't ever have to purchase sweat? No, I don't think so. I'm not that kind of collector. I'm not, I I don't foresee myself wanting something so badly that I'm going to be setting alarms and smashing the F5. Like if I get it, I get it. If it's available, great. If not, move on. Well, if you ever do, you got to share it. I will. I'll do it. You know what? Speaking of not wanting to miss out, don't miss out on nominating your favorite artist, toy, company, miniseries, custom, whatever. Whatever was your favorite thing of 2019, be sure to go to designertoyawards.com, log in, and nominate your favorite thing. The nomination window period ends actually pretty soon, March 2nd. So uh, be sure to log in there and get it because this is our way to help out and participate in the Design of Toy Awards. It's important. So get on there and do it. Yes. You know, I think we were, t- I don't think we ever talked about it on the episode. I think we were talking about it separately. But one of you all had a really good idea. I know we've talked about being able to submit nominations throughout the year. But another one you all mentioned that I feel like could be really helpful is seeing what's already been nominated. That way you don't spend the time to go through it if it's already in there. That, that right there, that would help. Big time, because I feel like the things that I have in mind to nominate are really popular things. I think they've probably been already nominated 20 times, and it takes it does take time to search the right image and the website and all that sort of stuff before you can actually nominate something. So, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Did you guys nominate anything? I haven't, not yet. I do have a list of a few things that I do want to nominate, but again, like I just said, I... I don't want to waste the time because I think someone else has already done it. But I will. I will take. I will probably waste an hour of my time uploading these things that someone else already uploaded. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're better than me because I have no such list and no such nominations planned. Hmm. I'm a whore. I. I don't know. This is what happens every year. I'm like, I should nominate. I did. I was good. And I did it the past couple of years. So I guess maybe at the last minute, I'll. Uh, I still got time. We still got time. I'll. I need to go at least to my favorite categories, and submit some there, like the uh, mini series. 
That's my jam. I'll, I'll put a bunch of cute stuff in there. Speaking of cute, that kind of brings me up to a, a topic I want to bring up. Do you guys remember an artist that we mentioned sometime back last last, last season, an artist named Puffy Puff Puff? Yeah, yes. I brought up Puffy Puff Puff, and y'all made fun of me saying Puffy Puff Puff a lot. That was <laughs> I think we even titled year, right? the episode Puffy Puff Puff or something like that. I don't, yeah, that was last year. <laughs> So I'm confused. Is Puffy Puff Puff the name of the figure or is it the name of the artist? Yeah, so the so Puffy Puff Puff's the artist, and what you're referencing is uh sometime last year I saw a post for a collaboration between the artist Puffy Puff Puff and Seed Arts, and they were collaborating together on this sort of dragon character, and I thought it was really cute, and then I got excited about Puffy Puff Puff's art and the cuteness and yeah, so yeah. What what about a Garham? Well, that that collaboration got canceled. There was it some did. there was some issue between the two people about I don't know rights of the design. I saw it got it got pretty ugly for the cute side of toys. It got way uglier than you would expect. There was some name calling. The thing was canceled. If you stayed on top of uh, Puffy Puffus Instagram, what what happened was Seed. I wish they had names. Uh, uh, do we know their real names, or are these just like business names, or, or is this their Instagram handles that we're talking about? Yeah, Instagram handles slash art. Okay, so I mean this, but this like, is this is how they prefer to be referred to as. Yeah. Okay. Well, so- art, Puffy Puffus name might be Sylvia because that's their art station name. Oh, okay. But who knows? Let's just call him Puffy. Let's just call him Puffy and Seed. Okay, so Seed and Puffy had a collaboration. And somewhere along the way, something went very wrong. And you can kind of tell it got to a point where Seed ended up having to go on Instagram and mentioning that the project was canceled. And she kind of wanted to put it all out there for the fan base to understand the reason why and what happened. It was a very lengthy right up but i thought it was very professionally done and very classy uh she basically explained what happened and um said hey i don't want you to bother puffy over this and i'm going to turn off comments you can kind of tell she just wanted to get the knowledge out there but didn't want the drama from it but what ended up happening is because she turned off the comments on her thread everyone went over to puffy puff puff's thread with the same dragon character and just started blasting away in the comments on Puffy Puff Puff. Like, you, you stole this, your your moral compass is wrong, and just, it got ugly pretty fast, and Puffy did not respond very well to it either. Well, do we start with the amazing comment that, that Puffy that Puffy wrote on one of the times? There were several. There were when, the she got real, when she got real frustrated with people bad-mouthing her? Well, and see, here's the thing, like... I felt like it was very one-sided as far as Seed Arts was very, to me, like respectful and professional and was just like, shit went bad. Here's my thoughts. Like, you know, please don't go attack her. I just needed to make it known. Can you, Teresa, kind of- you seem more familiar. You're probably more familiar with it. Can you give an abridged version of why the cancellation and what all went down? Or actually, you know what, I mean, let's just say that we're coming at this from three different perspectives too. Like 
this is going to be interesting because Teresa is a fan of this stuff. Gary, you're a designer. So you have the designer side perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm the sculptor, the puffy kind of person in this whole situation. So I'd like to like, and I would give my, my, my thoughts from that side of things for sure. So go ahead, Teresa, let's figure out like, yeah, let me give like a quick, a quick recap. So saw this collaboration sometime last year, super exciting, 3D rendering. Okay, cool. Cute figure, excited to see what happens. And then uh, I think a follow-up to that, not too long ago, it was a new post of the same kind of figure, but slightly redone. Kind of a, hey, project's been a little bit delayed, so I took some time on the 3D model and tweaked it, take a look. And so it's like a, a slightly different variation of what was posted a while ago. Still cute, same concept, a little bit of color change, but overall, same thing. Again, still saying, collaborating with Seed Arts, all that good stuff. So at the end of the day, the whole point of it was a collaboration. And so Seed Arts had reached out to Puffy Puff Puff and said, hey, I want to collaborate with you. And she, when she ends up saying the collaboration is canceled, she explains in her posts essentially that the original concept was she, as Seed Arts, reached out to Puffy as a sculptor, in this case a 3D sculptor, and said, hey, I have a figure, a character that I think would be cool, interpreted and interpreted if you were to interpret it in your style. So basically take my character, but sculpt it for me with your style sort of applied to it. It was going to be a collaboration. She said, I want you to sculpt it. I'm going to cast it in resin because that's what Seed Arts does, right? She, if you go look at her page, that's what she does. She does small resin casts. So the idea was collaborate, you sculpt this, I'll produce it like I normally do, and we'll split the profits. So that would be the way that it would work. But what happened was, yeah, like, cool, right? Awesome to have someone reach out and say, I want you to help school for me. I like your style. Let's do this. Like, cool, right? Sounds good. But then what happened is behind the scenes, Puffy went off and started exploring something else to do with the project and basically saying that, the, the intellectual property was hers as if she had rights to go and do what she wanted with this thing. And of course, as the one who reached out about the project and that's based off her design, Steed Arts was frustrated and upset and said, look, that's not what we talked about. We had a plan and it kind of all fell apart because Puffy went off on her own and said, look, I want to, I want to make my own toy. I want to make it bigger. I want to make a vinyl. I want to produce it here completely disregarding the fact that it was an art collaboration and there was an original agreement for how it was supposed to be done. And so at the end of the day, I guess things went to shit and Cedar Arch was like, I don't want anything to do with this. This is going bad. Like we're just be done. Like we're done. <laughs> so, but as you all were mentioning, so Cedar Arch kind of posts and says, Hey, like this is what's going on. I guess feel like I got to explain it, make it public, make sure you all know. But then it was like Puffy went off and like almost threw like an internet tantrum and was like, I don't know, attempting to defend herself, but extremely poorly. <laughs> like One of the best ones like, was that like, can you believe she only wanted to make this two inches? This character is too cool for that. It needs to be bigger. I'm just going to make it. It's like, wait, <laughs> yeah. that's not a... 
that's not a thing. You can't just do that. I'm just going to take what? it. It's, it's, it's like I right mean, in her I, face. No. It's just taking her toy. It's mine now. The thing that was killing me the most was she and a story, Puffy said and admitted this was an art collab. And she said, the, but the art created in this case is and stays my own intellectual property. Those to me are completely contradictory statements. It's not your property if it's a collaboration. Right? Yeah, like there's there's always the two of you at that point. Especially when it's someone else's character design. Even if you've changed the character design to make your, your style, it's still the other person's character no matter how much you've changed it. Like you started with their idea. And that's what so I'm curious like so as a fan, like it's never good to see public drama. Like for me, like when, like I always, I obviously found Puffy and I liked her art, but now it's kind of like, you know, things are a little tainted. Like I'm kind of like, man, you like went off the deep end a bit. Like you got kind of tantruming and some of the things you said, like you just went too far, came across rude and childish. Like, why'd you do that? So like me looking at her as an artist, it's changed somewhat because of this, what she has done and how she reacted to this. She just wasn't respectful she wasn't professional she wasn't acting like an adult it was just bad so i think people like in our scenes like you got to be aware of like what people are going to see like how people are going to interpret this so i don't know but from the flip side i'm curious i mean i know george this is kind of what you do in a way like you sculpt on behalf of other people like do you ever in any way consider what the work you're doing for other people something you could own and do your own with? <laughs> no, I mean, and it's, and there's been times where it's hard, where it's like, you know, you put a lot of, you put a lot of yourself into something and you just feel really good about it at the end and you really love the result. And you're like, you have to remember like, oh, wait, that's not me. That's not mine at all. Like I didn't, like one of them I can say like that I've had that feeling with for sure was like the deadbeat. Like, I loved making that figure. Like, I loved the Deadbeat character that Scott Tolson designed. Uh -huh. I loved his design from the second I saw it. I had so much fun sculpting it. But, like, at the end, like, when it was done, it's like, that's not mine at all. Like, that's Scott's design. It's, you know, all his feedback to make the character the way it was supposed to look. It was just my hands moving the clay. So it was like, but it was hard because it was like, I really like that dude. So it was hard for me to like, I could easily see me have gotten like going off the deep end like this. Like if I wasn't aware of it, you know, like if it was, I don't know if I, if I, I don't want to, I don't know how old this puffy is person is maybe like I'm not, I don't know. I don't want to call her immature, but if I, if I, if I was less immature, if I was younger and I would have gotten like, you know, say, trying to think it was my character that I, you know, because I don't know for whatever reason, but like, yeah, it's one of that was that was definitely one where I had to like remember that I had nothing to do with it other than sculpting it, you know. Yeah, it's well, it, it was hard. I could see, I could easily see why you someone would go off like that and think that they have more ownership over it than they do. Um, but it's also like you gotta you gotta realize, especially when you're a sculptor, you, if you're you're working with someone else, the thing is not yours. You have no. It's it's always going to be that other person's thing unless you're designing it from scratch yourself without someone else telling you what to do it's not yours 
Yeah. You can't and just I, go I, and make it. Like, imagine I just took the deadbeat and I was like, you're going to make this thing six inches? I think it should be ten inches. So I'm going to take it to the factory and make it myself. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Right. Well, and you think about, I mean, there's sculptors, there's resin casters, there's, like, there's various people that can get involved for a project someone could literally like I could go to someone and say I have this thing in my head or scribbled on a paper help me bring it to life like even if it's at that lowest level George would you still say like that that's mine like if I came to you with like a really shitty scribble and described to you and said help me make this it's still mine right it's still yours yeah I mean we had when we were doing OMFG we had a lot of collaboration stuff um and there was one, like there was one character I remember clearly was, it was the Grimgord, and it was it started out by somebody saying, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if this?" Another guy drew it, like real, like sketchy, like crude drawing, and then the third guy was like, "Oh, I'll sculpt it." Like it's still like you credit all three of them just because the yeah. one guy drew it, and the other, but it wasn't his idea. The other guy said, "Let's do this idea." So like you got to start all the way from you got to have all all three of them then had to be involved. So like you can't just like if these two people want to collab, and yeah maybe Puffy wants to make a bigger vinyl. You don't cut the other person out. You have right. to still it's still the collab. It's still the two of you. So like you always have to go back and include that other person. Like right. Like I feel like all of this could have been avoided with her. Like in Puffy reaching out and saying, hey, you know, I've been thinking about this. I've really fallen in love with this character. I think it's gotten like it's been received really well. I get a lot of positive feedback from the posts online. Like, are you open to doing more like beyond just the resins? What if I look into vinyl? I have a connection. I think I get someone to produce it. We could split profits X way. Like that could have gone gone really well. Right. But instead, it's like go behind your back and say, hey, yeah, so I decided I'm going to do this thing. Like what? Like blindside your partner in this who reached out to you in the first place? Like, it's just it's just not the right move. But there's yeah, or even if it's like because she did she did say she changed the sculpt a little more even. So like even if you say look you take that first version and do the resin and then I'll take this I'll do a little few more tweaks for to make it a little more the way I want it. We'll still split it. You know we'll still split the fifty fifty or. I'll make you a colorway that you can have or whatever, you know, whatever you do. Cause if you're doing production, you got to do different numbers than if you're doing handcast stuff, but still it's like, there's so many ways this could have worked out beneficial to everybody. Yeah. I mean, and for your, from your perspective, Gary, I mean, I know you've done some collaborations, right? I mean, at top of mind, I just think of fatty whooper. It's just a recent release, but I mean, that's, that to me is a collab. You know, you and Chris work together and design this thing, and you both have a hand in it. I couldn't imagine either of you going off the deep end and saying, like, you just going off and being like, yeah, I'm cutting you out. Or, yeah, I decided to steal this and do whatever I want with it. Like, it just doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. I can't even comprehend that happening. I've heard of, I've definitely heard of other bad collaborations within the designer toy scene, but I just, this one takes the cake and it's also because last week we were talking about the bootleg scene and the master casters and suckler on there mentioning how in the bootleg scene there's lots of riffs and jealousies and 
uh, people just not getting along. You kind of, you know, for the bootleg scene, it's not so surprising, but then this week for to do the complete opposite where the super cute side of toys is having a public riff over something. And I'm like, what? I just, it's, it's a crazy thing to comprehend because honestly, when I look at what Seed Arts originally created, this dragon was her ideation. She had originally sculpted it. And then what Puffy did with that, it's just, she just took it and just, put a little of her puffiness style into it. And to be, you know, transparent and honest, I like what Puffy did with it a lot more. I just find it a lot more peeling. I find it a little cuter. And I thought it was a fantastic collaboration. But in no way do I look at what Puffy did with Sea uh, Dart's character as a different character. Like, I look at it and I still see the Sea Dart's character. It's no different. It's Sea Dart's character with a little bit of the puffy flair thrown in. And so right. to learn that this collaboration was canceled over what was described is is kind of crazy to me. Because when I look at Puffy's Instagram account and her body of work, the dragon is quite different. But it, now it's her avatar, and I think it's kind of what George is describing with the, the deadbeat. Maybe Puffy is young, and maybe she just fell in love with the the comments and the likes and the wonderful feedback because people really love this collaboration. I think at some point grip on reality was lost to a, a, a great degree because at some point this figure became her own to do with what she wanted. And um, I don't necessarily understand it. And it's unfortunate. And I think, yeah. I mean, as you said, George, like with the, the deadbeat, like you were very proud. You were you were like, I'm so happy with this thing that I've made. So it's not bad that she felt that. It's great that she was like, look, this is awesome. I'm so proud. But like to go off and then suddenly say, yeah, it's no longer a us thing. It's a me thing. It's just whether there was an official contract or not, you're just bypassing the whole point of the project in the first place. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I've had collabs go bad. I've had, like, you know, sometimes my fault, sometimes other people's fault. Like, I had one that I worked on with, uh, it wasn't necessarily a collab, it was more of a work for hire. I and mean, that's what a lot of mine are more work for hire things because I'm a sculptor. So people don't come to me to collab, they come to hire me as a sculptor. But I've had even those things fail where it's like I worked on one with uh, Kano that, um, he wanted one of his characters turned into like a smaller version of it. And like, so he gave me the turns and the, and the old toy and I sculpted the whole thing and went back to him with it and did some changes and he wanted something else changed. And by then I was too into the, like I was too into my sculpt and like, cause I, I, you know, taken the time to caliper things. I wanted it to look just like the art and he wanted something moved. And I was like, I was too into it and I, I was too into the way it was and didn't want to do the change because it was a change that wasn't, it wasn't a change that was making it match the art. It was a change to take it away from the art and do something like to change the, like just to change a, a slight pose. It wasn't even a big change. And I was, but I was too into the sculpt the way I had it. And I told him, forget it. And I was like, you know what? Cancel it. Like, I don't, I don't want to finish this. Like, Go, George. Go that's a great. Thanks for sharing. And that. I was a to, it was my totally my fault. I'm a I was a total dick in that situation. But I, it was one of those things where I was like, no, I like my sculpt too much. Like, and you're changing it just to change it. Like, because I calipered shit. Like, I was like, I was calipering stuff to his drawings, and he wanted to move it. And I was like, no, dude, if you wanted to move it, you should have done it before the drawing. 
Like you should you shouldn't okay, give me don't give me a bad drawing and then change it later. Yeah. Fix it yourself and then I'll do it. Wow. Yeah, I mean to some extent I agree, but what what's this fancy term you're throwing around? Calibrate? Oh, measuring. It's just using a caliper, which is like a, a just measuring. Just measure. I, I was oh, measuring to make it, to make it accurate. Yes, okay. I was being accurate with everything, measuring everything, and like I, it was totally my. I was totally in the wrong. Like I should not have done that. Like I should have just done this change and moved on. But I also was at a point where I was doing other work and didn't need the the, the money, so I was just like, eh, nah, go to somebody else. Oh, and I, I apologize, Kano, if you're listening. He probably doesn't, but just in case. It's a great story, though. So let me ask you this. Let's say she does shop this design around to other producers and factories. They're interested, and they start producing it. But then later, the producer finds out that, holy crap, this was really a seed arch thing to begin with, and there might be some ownership issues. They should immediately cut loose, yeah? Oh, I would hope. I would hope if someone if someone was signing up for this and didn't know that it was someone else's art and then found out that it was some, cause you can't like, if you don't have the rights to that thing and you produce it, someone else could come after you and be like, Hey, that's my character. Right. Wouldn't the production company partly be at fault? They would be a hundred percent at fault. Yeah. You can't like whoever's putting that money into that project. You can't just go making that if someone else has half the rights. I mean, it's the same with any kind of, bootleg or license infringement type of deal right like yeah. i can't go steal big bird and just go make big bird and not have consequences that's yes. weird example. this one is a little bit different because this is this is more like when people's pin designs get stolen by like someone it's like the little guy like getting stolen yeah. from a big guy yeah well this kind of reminds me and i yell at me if you don't want to shift off this but it just reminds me of something that happened earlier this year with the whole Mighty Jack's slutty aerial thing. It just, it's so similar with, you know, we're talking about, I guess, just crossing the line with production and, and, you know, if Puffy were to have this produced and the production company makes something not realizing it's someone else's idea or concept. I don't know that Mighty Jack's would not realize that Ariel is No, not- it's, it's not that. It's almost the flip of so Mighty Jax was working with a specific artist on that slutty Snow White, for lack of a better word, the Snow White with the apple and the O face. And when the We're not Ariel really calling these slutty Disney princesses, are we? Like there's an official name for these. Uh, there probably is, but like <laughs> I don't know. What they <laughs> I mean, it's slutty to you, but to the rest of the toy scene, people bought these things. So let's not I don't want to knock what Let's say pin up. Let's say pin up instead of slutty. Okay. Naked Disney ladies. We'll say pinup pin version. Okay, so these pinup Disney chicas. Um, but no, what what's interesting is almost the flip side where Mighty Jacks had this agreement with an artist and did that Snow White version. And when the preview for the Ariel came out, I just in my head when I saw it, it was just like, oh, it's the second one of the series. They did Snow White. Now they're doing Ariel, working with the same artist, same concept. Okay, they're doing their thing. But then as different posts came in, you realize that they're actually not working with that same artist. It's a Mighty Jacks production as an in internal design. They did not work with an artist. It's their own concept. But when you look at it and you see it, it's kind of similar to the one they just did. And apparently the artist posted about it and said that 
they they did work with Mighty Jackson on the Snow White, but there were difficulties with the production. His fans were upset because the production took a while and the quality and the change in materials and all sorts of stuff. So he backed out and Mighty Jax decided to go ahead and continue with the concept and the theme, even though the artist was no longer involved. And so there was just a lot of, I don't know, issue with the fact that they did that knowingly piggybacked off this artist design and continued with it, calling it their own. It's almost like the flip side, like they're doing the same thing, stealing an artist's idea, but knowingly doing it. That's kind of weird. Like, that seems like a bad move. Like, I I mean, who knows? I don't know if they've ever, if the artist and and the company ever discussed what the next one would be, or if they said, like, you know, if they ever saw a drawing, but like, it is kind of, that seems kind of weird to like, there's so many other things you could do. Like, why, why? I don't know. That that does seem kind of weird. Like especially if they made it look if they made it seem like it was the same artist. That's almost like if you did like if you did like a Jason Freeney thing and then the next thing you did you like left out Jason Freeney but then just did like a half skeleton thing. Right. And then, like, did, but didn't call it his like cuz he doesn't really own that. Like you could just do it. Right. Like no one owns like Ariel and Snow White are obviously Disney characters like they're already made by another company and the idea of making a pinup style or whatever of licensed characters not necessarily original right like it's a little hard right to claim ownership but the fact that they were working with this artist and then continue to do something in-house it just feels wrong and if one of them is art and the other one is just a company stealing from disney like this (laughs) like the snow white one is legitimately an art piece because there's an artist who's it was it was based on their art and you can have a piece of art that's utilizing a character that's a licensed character in your art if you're doing a painting you're making a one-off it's a thing that's somebody's art the next one is literally just a company using disney's character to sell something because that's not it's not an art piece you're not working with an artist to do that they can always like with that first one they can say look this is this is whatever this guy's name is Johan Hanapi, maybe? Johan Hanapi? Like, it's this guy's art. You know, you, you could say, like, legitimately, hey, we're just making this guy's art. Right. But once you, once you cut him out, now you're just making, now you're just stealing the license. Exactly. It's a strange, it's such a strange thing, because so many people called Mighty Jacks out on this online. Everyone seems to think that this is definitely Johan's right of refusal to do this piece for them. And this seems like that was definitely not the case. This seems like they definitely went, hey, Johan, we could do this. This isn't your IP. We can just have an in-house designer do this, and we're going to. And the fact that so many people voiced their opinions on this online and Mighty Jack still proceeded with it, it does. It just doesn't sit right with me. And it doesn't sit uh, well with a lot of the fan base. So Yeah, that's weird. It's weird that they would have moved ahead on that. It seems like that's the thing where, like, okay, that artist cut ties. Let's move on. Let's do something else. Yeah. I agree. Well, and then, okay, so then related, right? So we've got this situation where they've almost sort of willingly, in a way, utilized an artist's concept and continued with it. But did you all see the post from Pop Mart? I did, about the uh, cancellation of the Aria miniseries? Isla. Isla, sorry. So, yeah, I didn't know anything about this series until this 
pretty classy move by Pop Mart. Apparently, there were some similarities to another artist's work, uh, and they decided to cancel the series. And they canceled it after it had already done about a week and a half of pre-orders on retailers' websites. Yeah, so it was the Isla Animal Fashion Show series. And to my knowledge, Isla, I think, I don't know if it's in-house or not. But yeah, so they post this statement and uh, they decided to pull the series because I'll just read from their post. Um, They received fan feedback appointing some similarities with another artist, which they did not have cooperation with. As soon as they heard the fan's voice, they set up an investigation to analyze. And after review, they found that some of the designs in the series were similar to another artist, Doll, God is the French word, Chateau. Chateau. Okay, I did pretty good. Doll Chateau. And when they realized that there were similarities and the fans are right, they decided to pull the series and no longer release and produce it. And, you know, they go on to say that they respect designs and copyright. They're committed to, you know, being good people pretty much, you know. So it's I just it's, you know, so many times I feel like we see stuff in the scene where we see these conflicts and people just try to just blow it off, brush it off and say, you know what, whatever, I'm going to do this thing. I don't care what you say. So to see someone like Pop Mart recognize feedback, analyze it and see enough of similarity to say, you know what? They're right. We're going to cut this. I think it's commendable. Absolutely. They did the right thing. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at Doll Chateau and they're gorgeous and they don't look anything like that. I mean, maybe there's, maybe I'm not seeing the ones, but Doll Chateau stuff is amazing. It's great. But here's the thing, George. I didn't see it either. And I was going through the comments and I, I did discover the similarities. So that in, I probably seeing the same thing that the investigation that Pop Mart did. And, but I respect Pop Mart for doing this. It's a great move that they took the time to recognize the feedback of the fan base. They investigated it. They saw the issues uh, that others were seeing. Granted, it was not a direct ripoff, but it, you can definitely see that if this was de- designed by an in-house designer, they definitely looked at a few of these dolls and took direct inspiration from those dolls. And they didn't really change up anything other than taking that outfit and putting it on that Ala platform. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you're doing that, you got to, I mean, that's good that they, they shut that down. They're really, right. they're, they were really cool. Good too. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. But to it's get that so far along in manufacturing, George, that's impressive. Most companies were like, shit, we've already put in hundreds of hours in marketing and artist time and molds. And they were obviously that they had already had, you know, retailers had to cancel pre-orders because of this cancellation. Like this is, this was no easy move for Pop Mart to pull off, and they did it respectfully and classily. I mean, who knows? They could always contact Dal Chateau and say, "Is this something we could work with you on?" You know? Yeah, that's true. That could be cool. So I'm glad that they uh, they did the right thing, and you know, I mean, I know, I know, we live in a world of like hypersensitivity, like. I swear when I scroll through Facebook, I'm constantly seeing people get butt hurt over things they shouldn't be getting butt hurt over. So I know we're kind of hypersensitive these days, but to me, like in this case, right, it wasn't hypersensitivity. They saw something and it was a likeness enough to make a call, but it's funny it's because always- when you go through the comments, there was people that, that were fan bases of both the Ala platform and Dal Chateau that were not even seeing the connection. They're like, I'm a fan of both and I don't see it. Until someone actually specifically pointed out, hey, look at this 
Ayla piece and then go look at this specific piece by Dal Chateau and you'll know what we're talking about. And then when I yeah. did when I did that, I'm like, oh damn, like is this artist just failed at being inspired by something and making it her own? And I think this is something a lot of creatives have maybe run into at some point in their careers when you have a day where you're just your creative well is not running that deep and you need to turn to the internet or magazines or even looking at your designer toy collection for inspiration. Um, but when you do that, you definitely have to be, just know that you have to be inspired and you have to springboard and bounce from that inspiration and do your own thing, especially, especially when you're doing work for hire. You cannot risk your reputation um, and pot- potentially hurting the company in the, in the process and with something like this. Yep. So it wasn't all of them. It was just specifically a few. Yeah. And that's what I know. If there were people who commented, you're right, that said, you know, I was super excited for this. And they're like, oh, it's a shame they couldn't have just dropped the design or designs that were, you know, too, too much similarities between them. But, you know, it's just just what they chose to do. So it's for the best. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about a, a positive collaboration that's going on that I'm I'm very happy for them for. This is how the last one started. <laughs> this will be a good one. There's no way this could go wrong. This is like legit, legit. Mark those words, inter- internet world. <laughs> <laughs> it's legit, legit. There's no way. I'm talking about Quicks. Quicks in the Adidas deal. Yeah. Oh, okay. What about it's it? It's huge. You know what's funny about I think- it is I, I maybe I just don't follow Quicks enough, but when I read that, I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" But part of me already thought he was already working with Quicks, you know, or Adidas several times in the previous years, so I didn't realize how big of a deal this really was. But oh, he, got I didn't like a two, I didn't- he got like a two-year contract. He has uh, toy releases and shoe designs with them that toys are going to release with like colorways of shoes. Of based on the toys he did, and it's really cool. Yeah, it's- I mean, this is like I said, this is legit. Like, I'm to see someone in the scene, you know, Quicks. We've seen him blown up, like just blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. To so for him as an artist to get this, I've got to imagine he's beyond pumped. So it's very exciting. But I mean, this is like one of those. This is a pretty big deal, I think, to pair up with the shoe brand like this. To get your own shoe colorways best of your toys? I don't know. Is that something you won't dream of? I'm, I'm not a I'm not a sneakerhead, so like it doesn't matter to me, but some people some people love that kind of stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of toy collectors who are also shoe guys. It fits for sure. Oh, yeah. Streetwear and yeah. I think Quix has been a big fan of Adidas for a long time. So this is like a dream come true to him. I mean, he must be through the moon. Congrats, Quicks. Good things happen to good people sometimes. Yeah. I'm flipping through and looking. So there's, it's like a 50th anniversary kit. Oh my gosh, the shoes and the, you get them together. Yes. I didn't realize that. I don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm hard of hearing tonight. I, (laughs) I think, I think I only heard that it was based off the toy, not that the actual toy is in the box. Man, we need to do this with cute stuff. I want to buy like a, I don't know, something cute with a toy. <laughs> Someone expand on that. 
I got nope. nothing. <laughs> got uh, nothing. I don't know. Flip flops with uh, a beach toy. So so not my thing to have to care about shoes. Okay, well, okay, you all you all wouldn't want to collab with a shoe company, but if you all could collab with a company like a big, big company and do some kind of thing like this, what would you pick? What would you do? What would you want? Beastie Ninja Bo- Turtles, George? Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. And what would you want to make? Like a figure of them? Yeah, that'd be a rad. And like, oh, it'd be like come with one of their CDs or sure. vinyls or whatever. Yeah, something. come with their album, like one of the toys that comes with one of their albums. That'd be amazing. That'd be cool. Gary? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe maybe collaborating with uh, Ben Cooper Halloween Mass in some sort of way, or that could be cool. Bones Brigade doing something designer toy like based on their their stuff. I don't know. Ooh, you could do like skaters. I know you're really into skating. What if you did like a skateboard company and you could do the Bone Brigade? Well, yeah. Somehow. That's sort of what I was kind of already doing. I did was doing a whole bunch of concepting for uh, something I called the Bone Pickers Brigade based on the original Bones Brigade, but it was basically my version of like extreme sports kids wearing hoodies of scavengers. So there might be a skating kid wearing uh, a hyena costume and another a girl wearing a vulture costume or another uh, scooter kid wearing a bear costume. But yeah... It was all kind of loosely based on the Bones Brigade, but that would be super cool to do. I did submit that stuff for copyright. I got it, too. Wait, is the Bones, Bones Brigade a thing? <laughs> yeah. If, you're, if you were a skater kid in the 80s, yes. Look you, it up. You, you would know what the Bones Brigade is. Okay. It, but, you know what was a cool collab when it came out was the uh, when Super 7 did the um, Gorilla Biscuits. You know, I'm, I know figure. what you're talking about. I wish that the sculpt looked more like the Girl Biscuits thing. Like, I think their sculpt sucked, but I think, like, I loved the idea of what they were doing with that. So, like, I just wish that it would have looked better. Like, I love that old, that old monkey logo, like, was so freaking rad when I was a kid. Like, and I would, I would love to have that toy that looked like that. Theirs was, like, a stylized vinyl version that just wasn't very interesting to me. I still had to get one just because it's Girl Biscuits, but I don't know. Speaking of something that's not interesting to you, George, Teresa, do you want to talk about that Yum Yum London toy now? Oh, we're going to do it. Sure. Let's talk. So there was a, you talk- well, a couple of weeks ago, there was an Instagram post, Yum Yum L- London posted up a, it was like a nice 3D render of something. And I think they, I think they said something like, Hey, thinking about getting back into designer toys or something. And it was a really cool kind of, like a piece of toast with some jam on it on a skateboard. And I think it was called the, I don't know. I don't even know what it was called, but I saw it and I wanted it. And then it made me remember of like a cannibal slice of pizza that I saw that they did a couple of years ago. I'm like, I want that too. And they never followed through on it. So that's all I got. And that right there. <laughs> Wait, that's what you got? Is it, just, it, just, it just sucks. Cause yum, yum. London is one of these pick. 3d like producers where everything they do looks like it's a toy you can buy now, but it's not. And they make you think that, oh, maybe we're going to go into production this with this, but then they don't. But they've done it in the past. They've, they've produced toys in the past, so you think 
these awesome new extremely well-liked designs that they're showing on Instagram are going to become toys, but they haven't, and it's very frustrating. You're bringing the spice I wanted to bring, Gary. That's the bone. That's the bone I'm picking because they tease, and I'm sick of it. Yeah. Make your darn toys. I That pizza, I look back. That was from, like, December 2017. It's like they said that, like, yeah, we're going to make this. We're going to make it. And I was like, yes, make it, make it, make it. It's like you pulled in my heartstrings, and I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think they're just gonna tease, tease, tease. I'll, I won't. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm lowering the expectations there until I see something with my own eyes. They I don't think it'd be very often. They well, they used to make toys before. I think before I got into collecting, or if they had been doing it, I just weren't aware of them. But they did stuff years ago. And then they kind of stepped away, and then they have now been reposting these 3D renders that look really, really nice and would make really good toys. But I don't know if they'll ever actually make them, and it's super depressing. That's the problem with a lot of 3D sculptors out there. They share a lot of really cool stuff, and it looks legit. It looks real, and it never is, or rarely ever is. How do... (sighs) Okay. Like, I mean, I guess it's just up to someone to potentially find them to help get some of this stuff made. Because some people, I think, are truly just 3D sculptors. Like, they don't have the means or desire to bring it to life. They're just doing the thing, the digital thing. Yeah, it looks like I, their services include 2D and 3D animation, character design and illustration, 3D printing, and 3D modeling. They don't, they're not manufacturers. So who manufactured their toys in the past then? Did they self-produce that, or is that ran through somebody? I don't know. Right now on their site, it doesn't say anything about that. Do you, what, do you remember what they were called? I don't, but I remember there were several. There was, like, the hot dog guy. There was the naked dude wearing a popcorn box on his head. There was... Um, the grandma? Yeah, the kung fu granny. There was... Uh, Toy Series 1, yeah, there they are. Um, so those things did come out? Yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. Huh. Uh, Toy Series 1. Yeah, there it is. Making things to make you happy. It doesn't... They don't have any pictures of the box on the back. It just has the front. I don't know. Like okay, I'm looking at this picture I, on Instagram. There's a hand actually holding the toast and jam toy, and it just says "Oh, jelly real? sandwich, 3D printing." It says 3D printing, so maybe they just had someone 3D print it. Well, that's part of their services. They do that. So, 111 comments, basically all saying, "Amazing, I want it. Take my money." <laughs> right? Do oh, you're right. right now. Oh my gosh, this is or Kickstarter. <sighs> oh, I'm looking at that piece of pizza now. I want that. They need to follow through on that one too. I yeah. The pizza that's the same. December 2017. And they even made it sound like I swore. I mean, I could be lying. I swore though I saw some comment or something somewhere that alluded to it actually becoming a thing beyond a 3d print or whatever but here we are what two and a half years later 
no listeners are probably hating us today. I feel like we're talking about a bunch of things that they can't visualize without going online for. And but we do that all the time. <laughs> I know, but this this episode is using, like more so than ever. Well, you want? I mean, we can switch gears to uh, something you don't need a visual for. What's that? Uh, George, you want to hype up this show you're in? That's not a show. It's a convention. All right, well, what convention is this? Is that what you're talking about? I'm talking about the and many more. All right. So Creature Bazaar. Um, oh. This is the, the very first year for Creature Bazaar. Uh, it's going to be here in Glendale, California. Um, I don't know. I'm super excited about it. I, I hear, I'm, I'm hearing behind the scenes things from the from the coordinators, and I'm super excited to see what this thing's going to be. There's the list of artists, or you know, and and vendors in attendance is going to be is great. It's very long. Um, it's it's basically in my mind, it's like old school designer con, but more heavy on the. Uh, the non-Teresa side of things. I think they'll it's, still. Be, I think they'll still be cute artists there because they're they, they're definitely trying to round it out. They want everyone involved. It's not trying to limit to anybody, but I think it's going to be a little heavier on the on the non-Teresa art toys. I think the title <laughs> of the show kind of just alludes to that. I wouldn't hear Creature Bazaar and pay ten bucks to get in, and, and if I was a cute collector. Uh, not only that, but if you look at the promotional poster, it is a bleeding skull with an eyeball over top of like, I don't know, a vampire hand. And you're That's right. It has one of the posters. There's other ones. But like that alone, like that. And then you start looking at the list like Paul Kaiju, Skinner, Retroband. Choke Hazard. Don't start naming names. That's an amazing so, list, though. <laughs> but you know, like Science Patrols, Grohman, Punk Trunks. But like, you start reading Beauty and Vinyl Hardcore. It's definitely leaning a certain side. It does say and many more, but it kind of indicates that it's definitely not a show for me. That's my hunch. I feel like you're right. I feel like it's probably less of cute things. I'm sure that there will be vendors there that have cute items because especially with all these people coming from Japan, you know they're going to be bringing stuff with them that you're going to be liking. I know, and there are there are a few. Like, Science Patrols definitely toes the line as far as, like, where he sits with his stuff. Um, I mean, like, I know 3D Retro is going to be there. They obviously should sell a variety of stuff. Um, I don't know. I just... I'm just curious to hear more about it because since you're involved and see if you knew any uh, secret tiddly bits. It's an amazing. Um, I, the, only, the only thing I really know is it's going to be amazing. I, I, I'm, I'm uh, like I, I don't want to say anything in case there's stuff that hasn't been announced. So like I don't want to say things that I know that haven't been talked about already. But yeah, I would say this is a this is a show not to miss for sure. Like it's going to be. Especially if you're in the kaiju world at all, like the 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 amount of people who are coming and people coming from out of like out of not just out of state but out of country, like there's gonna be a ton of dudes from Japan here that make their own stuff. Um, you know, people are coming from all over the U.S. You know, to sell their wares. It's it's 
definitely going to be a pretty awesome show, I think, especially for the first year. Like that list alone, yeah. that list alone of people you read are at a first year show. Like that's rad. So yeah. this could be, yeah. this is definitely going to be a good contender for like the people who are into the like the decon when it was small kind of feel, you know. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's going to be. I think that's going to be more of the vibe, like the come and hang out for the day and like just like hang out and chat with artists and, and, you know, mess around and just have a good day. It's one of those kind of things. And I think it's only like a, it's a two, it's, I guess it's technically two days, but it's like a night and a day kind of thing show. And it's not on Sunday. It's like Friday night, Friday night and Saturday. And that way you can have Sunday to relax, relax, or just go back home and have your, you know, your day off kind of thing before you have to go back to work on Monday. Yes. I'm looking at the website. And it says the most astonishing collection of freaks from around the world can only be found at Creature Bazaar. And you're right. It's the five to nine on the third, 10 to six on the fourth, 20 bucks for a day pass, 35 bucks for a two day pass. But I do have to agree. The amount of people for a brand new show, the list of vendors that have been pulled in is definitely impressive. Do we know who did this? Who organized this thing? Um, I, there are more than one, there's more, there's a bunch of people involved, I think, but it's, I think, uh, do you know Kwong from yesterday's pins? I don't. Um, Gary, no, nothing. No. Um, and then, uh, Brandon from Blitzkrieg Vinyl. Those, those guys are doing a lot of the organizing. I don't know if there are more people on their crew or not, or if it's just the two of them, but, uh, those guys are putting in a lot of work on this. Okay. I've been hearing okay. about this show. It, it was kind of the talk of the silently thing that was kind of mentioned at DesignerCon this year, and it's grown massively, but you're right, Teresa. I mean, the lineup. It almost seems like you get one person who then you get another person. You just get all these, you know, top designers in the industry and people from overseas, and just now all of a sudden everyone wants to be a part of it. It's For a first-year event, they're doing a phenomenal yeah. job, and really I think – I can already tell this is gonna be this is gonna grow and probably grow into something that's gonna be maybe not this year it might not be a destination event for a lot of the toy scene unless you're really into a lot of these artists but I can see next year and the next year this is gonna probably become a show that everyone's talking about and it's gonna become a destination location and did this stem from designer con in any sort of way no, I mean, other than the fact that the like you know these guys are all guys that loved Designer Con and, and loved that hanging out, chatting with each other vibe. Um, that's the only you know that's the only connection at all. Um, I mean, I, if you want, if we want to have them on, if we want to have them on, we could probably have them on to talk about you know creating the show and everything that went into it. That could be cool. Sure, you well. want to do it after after they after the show and you can talk about what the show was like being a vendor and the atmosphere and do it all together? We could do both. Yeah. Combo episode. Unbox is gonna be there, Teresa. Well, hot damn. Bitter squeaks. There's some cute oh, okay, people yeah, in there. They, so they're leaning a little vintage cute because Bitter Squeaks and I'm looking at Show Pigeon now. I, I do. Okay. She was near Horrible Adorables in the cute alley at Decon. They lean kind of vintage cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is kind of a branch off of that sort of 
kaiju, sofubi. Who fits in that world? Yeah, no, it's related. Okay. I think we're winding down. I, we'll reach out to whoever's involved with Creature Bazaar to see if they want to come on. But otherwise, we are exactly at the one hour mark. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Okay, we did this. Again, look at us. Kudos, guys. Another week in the books. Not because we had to. But because we wanted to. <laughs> the end. Why wham, each, bam, thank you, ma'am. Why don't each of you take a brief moment and let the listeners know where they can track you guys down? Teresa, you go first. No, no. It's the George first episode. <laughs> All right, you can find me at Double G Toys on Instagram. And go look at Creature Bazaar on Instagram. And we're saying bizarre. It's the... the the selling of Bazaar, not the strange Bazaar. B-A-Z-A-A-R. I get it. Okay. I thought you were going to introduce I thought you were going to introduce me. I was waiting for you to, like, say. Do you not normally do that? See, I never go no, second. Do you no. normally say you go, George? No, George just rolls in right after you. Oh, man. I'm a failure. Okay. <laughs> well... I'm Teresa. You can find me on Instagram, TMHawk24. And I'm Gary Ham. You can find me at Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. This has been the Mars Jam Toy Hour. We try to do this every week, not because we have to, but because we want to. So until Woo-hoo! our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. Bye. Man. Good job. And to, be, and to be fair, Gary, you do introduce me next. You do say, George, you go. Do I? Oh, shit. Yeah, you do every time. Damn it. <laughs> Okay, your turn, Teresa. I'm sitting there like a buffoon. Man. See, we... even you were thrown. We we went off the beaten path and we just all threw each other. Didn't know what we were doing. See, I oh, told you I could... We need to do our sponsor, so let's do that real quick before this wraps up. Um, for all your designer toy needs, wants, and desires, we got three great stores for you. Visit 3DRetro.com, MyPlasticHeart.com, and strangecattoys.com. If you go to myplasticheart.com, be sure to use our promo code TOYFAM at checkout and you'll receive free shipping on your order of $75 or more if you happen to live in the States. And if you visit strangecattoys.com, use our promo code MARSHAM at checkout and you'll receive 10% off that entire order. Otherwise, to stay on top of all the latest and greatest in designer toy news, be sure to like and follow spankystokes.com and thetoychronicle.com. Thanks, sponsors. We love you.